Please join us this week from noon to three as we celebrate the life and career of Dory Monson with the best of the Dory Monson Show. For more information, please visit MyNorthwest.com. The Dory Monson Show on Cairo Radio. This is the big lead. I can't take this anymore. What happened? I I cannot take this anymore. What? I got a a wife who tells me what to do. I got three daughters who tell me what to do. Uh Uh-huh. This is where I'm supposed to come and have some measure of control over my life. This is supposed to be the one place where it's got my name on the show and supposedly i I have some measure of control over my life but i am thoroughly surrounded by (laughs) women who are interested in nothing but emasculating me no every second every day exactly we're 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 looking out for your best interest yes so uh michael from my northwest comes in says do you guys want to shoot the christmas video today and nicole goes no not dory's wearing the wrong shirt I'm wearing my most festive kind of orangey shirt. It's, it's the most peach. Festive. It's a peach color. Peach. No, it's not even close to peach. It's yellow. It's no, yellow. it's peach. It's the most festive what? shirt I own. Yes, it's yeah. tangerine. And I say, yeah, I'll do okay, it today. And then, and then uh, Nicole says, yeah, but uh, when you're wearing that shirt and a white shirt underneath, you can really see your hernia sticking <laughs> out. Okay. I mean, and, and by the way... She points that out, and you point it out to Michael, and then he's like, oh, is that really a thing? And that's two seconds before I turn on the mic, and I'm supposed to say something. Yeah, because I have a big, huge hernia. I have an abdominal hernia that protrudes. I'm sorry, but... But I, every second of every day. Well, it's just because you were fighting with me. If you would have just said, oh, okay, tomorrow, then I wouldn't have had to point but out I why. I wanted to pretend like for one second I had a tiny measure of control over my life. Is that such an unreasonable request for a man who has achieved what I've achieved here? But instead, I'm just this little puppet. I'm this little marionette who goes through every second of every day with my strings being pulled. My arms and legs flailing, no spine. Oh, marinettes don't have a spine. Hey. Seriously, there's a song for this. Oh, jeez. You know, and the thing is that today is Christmas sweater day at work right now. And so yeah, everyone so else Dory that went, does this will be wearing Christmas sweaters. So I'm wearing and you're my wearing Christmas, your I'm wearing Tommy Bahama yes. vacation yeah, You look wear. like you're ready for Palm Springs. Yes. Actually, Christmas. I actually bought this in Palm <laughs> Desert. <laughs> yeah, there you it, go. Yeah. yeah, it looks... Gee. Shows your hernia. I'll tell you something else. I'll take care of the hernia, but right now... It's, I think, number six on my list of surgeries, okay? But I will take care of it eventually. It's looking like about 2025, and I'll do the abdominal hernia before I do the navel hernia, but those are six and seven on the list of surgeries. Navel hernia? Yeah, I got a navel hernia, too, and no, I won't show it to you. Danny O'Neill just had that surgery on Friday, and it... Yeah, what's was up with a that? little bit rough. He wasn't back to work on Monday. Yeah, they had, tell he had Dory some complications. That. And then every oh, don't time, tell Dory that. Every time I turn on Fox News, uh, I see a... 
did you have hernia surgery? Did they use mesh? And then you call so some lawyer, because you can be part right. of a, a class action. The two things that apparently are the most deadly things for class action lawsuits are if you have a hernia where they used mesh or if you've used Roundup. Those commercials are nonstop, <laughs> yes. too. So, or, or if I had mesothelioma. I don't even know what that is. But those are the things I know that when I get them, I'm going to be part of some class action lawsuit. So You'll yes. be fine. Where, where? You'll be fine. But <laughs> where, where? You know what? Get the knee thing done. Yes. Maybe everything will fall you into know, place. You people, know, people, yeah, people our age can relate. <laughs> Things just seem to be falling apart. I knew I was going to get to this age. You have a bum knee and I've got a bum shoulder. I knew I was going to get to this age. I truly thought I was never going to be this age. I know. <sighs> Well, I'm only laughing because the alternative would be to cry. So what what shirt should I wear tomorrow, Nicole, for the holiday video uh, that won't show my abdominal hernia? Yeah, let's stick with the black. Shirt. Oh, that sounds festive. But not the color your, of death. Not your faded black shirt because that one shows. But ha- how about we put a, like a holiday hat on? That'll look festive. I'm not wearing a hat. Why do you want Dory to wear black for a, a, Christmas, yeah, for a Christmas video, yeah. Nicole? Slimming. Uh, no, just, oh. But it's not festive. <laughs> oh, now you're attacking his weight? Well, no, no it's just... when you're talking about being on a camera. Lord, just take me down. That's what we all do. Just if take me down, Lord. 108 pounds, you're still going to wear it black and well, I always, I've always swimming. worn black. That's what I've always done. Uh, <laughs> one, the one day I try to color things up a little bit. And frankly, I think it looks like a great shirt. You just don't want it for the video. What? Well, and he he buttons one button in the middle. It's real funny. Okay, you're so starting to feel bad for you, so I'll stop Mm. now. (laughs) Mm, Starting to. When, when When I met Dave Wyman down in Palm Desert last summer, we take a picture on mm-hmm. on the patio where he and his wife were staying, and uh, I'm wearing a little linen shirt over a navy tank, a, uh, kind of an athletic workout shirt. Mm-hmm. You could not have hired a Hollywood lighting expert to do what God and the sun did with my hernia. I mean, <laughs> it was like I'm all in shadow except this one bright spot. Right in the middle of the photo. I should show it to you sometime. It's unbelievable. It was it was the only thing that was protruding out enough to get a little sunshine on it. I hate that. Oh, jeez. Oh, just stop. So anyway, I'm not doing the holiday video today. And <laughs> tomorrow though. I gotta I gotta get control of my life. I, and I'm not but talking that's, physically. That, oh, I know. No, I, I, know. I, I just mean I, I got to actually be able to make some decisions without without everybody saying no, 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 no. It's not because you're surrounded by women. Oh, you're yes, surra- it is. No, you're surrounded by women who care about you. That's what well, yes, because I'm I'm well, so lovable. If you surround me, because women are by their nature nurturing. And uh, and and nobody. Once you get to know me, I'm not the monster that you hear on the radio. No. Once you get to know me, I I am lovable, and I am one that people want to nurture and protect and and protect. But but I'm losing Dory. 
No, you're not. Yeah, I'm like nope. Costanza. I'm like I'm like Costanza. The real Dory is dying. I don't know anything anymore. I can't make any decisions. <sighs> what else we got here? Hold on. The listener wants you to bring to wear your Spanx to work tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll wear Spanx to conceal my hernia, Nicole. That's a really good idea. I appreciate that. Okay. Hey, do me a favor. Call me in the morning and remind me to wear my Spanx to conceal my hernia. Will you call, me? call me right before I leave. I'm on it. Yeah. Okay. Right after the wake-up call. Call call me about 90 minutes later when you know I'll be getting out of the shower so I can put my Spanx All on. All right. You know what? Next time I'm not going to tell you your hernia is sticking out <laughs> and you're going to be mad about that. So Listeners anyway, are texting in medical advice notes. What? What? I'm not going to share it, but... What, on the text? Yes. Hold on. Ernie, a medical advice. Hold on. Let me hold... Where? No, don't. It's not necessary to read them on air. Oh, Nicole says I'm not allowed to read the text, so I won't read any of your text okay. messages. No, I'm not allowed to read the text. <laughs> <laughs> I, do, I, do, I do like this text from the 45. Boy, that doesn't sound like my next governor talking. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I bet I'm putting the fear of God into Inslee right now. Okay. Uh, I'm just looking to see what I'm not allowed to. Oh, this is good from the 360. This was your fate when your parents named you Dory. Oh, this is good. Let's just all pile on. Let's just, <laughs> let's just, all, let's get it all over with right now. So we don't have to let it out in little drips and drabs for the next few months here. Uh, two, five, three. I too have an abdominal hernia. Your body pro- produces fat cells around the hernia hole, which causes the belly. I told you not to, to read that. Out. <laughs> oh, jeez. Okay, can we get to some big lead stories here? Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Nicole says that I have to t- do some big lead stories now. Sorry, sorry, you guys, if you wanted to hear more about my hernia. But Nicole says it's over. The hernia time is done. And now we have to talk about some news, okay? You know what? I'm going to go on vacation again. You know what? You go. <laughs> you go. You say I, that now. I will gift you. I'll go to HR. <laughs> I'll gift you all of my leftover vacation days. Is there <sighs> something that we need to talk about as a show <laughs> off the air? No, I don't like talking off the air. You know that. I know. Yes. Oh, jeez. Okay. All right. So we get to the big lead here. You're listening to a celebration of the best moments in Dory Monson show history. For more information on the life and career of our friend Dory, please visit MyNorthwest.com. Uh, so the first time I ever went to Hawaii, my our girls were really little. And we didn't have any money back then. I, we rented a condo that was across the street from the beach because we couldn't afford beachfront. But I got a, a boogie board, and it was uh, there, there was a nice little surf break on the beach right across the street from where we were. And uh, and, and I just wasn't getting the hang of it because I'd, I'd never been to Hawaii before. And there was this guy next to me, and he, he looked like he was – Probably 55, 60, but you know those guys who are in the sun all day, every day, and their their skin gets real leathery, but oh my gosh, he was a magician on the paddleboard. 
And, uh, and so after watching him for about a half hour, I got up the nerve and I paddled over to him and I said, Hey, I've never done this before. You're just awesome to watch. Could, could you give me some pointers? And he goes, Oh yeah. And, uh, and, and he did. And I picked it up really fast, given the pointers that he gave me. And, and it was really cool. And then as we were, you know, bobbing in the waves, you know, waiting for the next, boogie board wave he and i just started talking and i asked him i said uh what do you what do you do for a living and he said you're looking at it and I go, no, no 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 to make money and he goes no this is all i do and what, what's all you do he said i just come out here and i play in the water all day every day like oh you're retired well, what what did you do now this is all i've ever done and uh and he started telling me the story about how he knew when he was really young that he just felt connected to the ocean. And so he decided to build his life around just playing in the ocean every day. And I said, were you married or are you married? Do you have kids? He goes, nope. And I go, so you don't have any family? He goes, oh, yeah. I got family everywhere in the country. You're my family now. I mean, he was, he was just one of those you know kind of Hawaiian philosopher type guys. And he goes, no, wherever I go, um, I have people that I know and I can crash on their couch or on their porch. And, and I said, well, how, how do you pay your bills? He said, I, I know some people who own restaurants up and down the beach. And, and he goes, I can always you know, go work there for a few hours or a day or two if I need some money. Uh, and, and I go, do you, do you have a, an apartment? <laughs> I'm just, I was fascinated by this guy. And, and he said, no, no, no I just, uh, I just crashed at friends' houses. And he goes, I got a bunch of them, so I don't wear out my welcome. And, and it was really fascinating to me. Here I was, I was in the earliest stages of my career, a career I had dreamed of having. And it was so exciting that I'd just gotten my radio talk show on Cairo, the big dog. And I was, you know, look forward to having a good long career, which miraculously has happened. But here's a guy who, when he was young, he felt connected to the ocean and he completely constructed his life to just bob in the water all day, every day. And, and I'm sure he had a lot of conversations like the one he had with me. And, and it was fast. It was memorable. It's been probably 25 years. And here I am still remembering it and still telling you about it. But I, I remember asking the question. My topic that day for the radio show was, is that a life well lived? When it's so hedonistic. I mean, his entire life was about just doing what he wants to do. And I've always found pleasure in serving others, you know, whether it's, you know, my wife or my kids or, or, you know, the kids I've coached or my community, whatever. I've always found pleasure in that. It was fascinatingly divided in the opinions that I got, a lot of people said, no, that's not why we're here on this earth, just for our own personal pleasure. And that's, that's not what life should be about. And it's it, ultimately it's meaningless. And then a bunch of people who said, of course, if you're happy, 
That should be what everybody aspires to be. And the guy that, that I described to them, he sounded very happy. And he, I'm genuinely, to me, he sounded very, very happy. And so uh, I've thought about that often. I've thought about if that's and, – and I personally believe, just because I'm wired so differently, that seems like a wasted life to me. But I'd like to know. I, I still think it's a great topic 25 years later. So show me a text based on the story I just told you. Uh, is that a life wasted or a life well lived? You can text me at 888 Cairo, 888 We continue to celebrate the life and career of Dory Monson with the very best of the Dory Monson Show. Let's just say you did run yes. and you did win. What would be the very first thing that you would do? Very first thing I would do is uh, look at reducing the size of state government by at least, at least 25%. I would have uh, massive tax cuts for the people so they could start keeping more of their money since they're giving more to Olympia per capita than ever before in the state's history. And I would first fund, I would first fund roads. And public safety, our cops, our jails, our prosecution, and our schools, of course, because that's congressionally or constitutionally mandated. And the first dollars we spend would go to those three things, and then everything else is optional. And we'd figure out what serves an important role, what doesn't. We would never have to raise taxes because all of those things would be funded with the very first dollars going into Olympia. Uh, then I would have a mental health system, so all the desperate people who were mentally ill on the streets had some place to go. We would stop allowing legalization of drugs in Seattle and King County, and we'd expand jails. So if people want to shoot up heroin on the streets, we'll put them in the pokey. They can either go get mental health, they can get services, we'll get them drug counseling, we'll get them job training, or they can go to jail. But they cannot sit on the streets and shoot up heroin and uh, then we'd start investing more in our roads and get away from the insanity that is sound transit. Oh, I got a million. And now that's a busy that, first day. I was gonna say, yeah. <laughs> and you made it sound very easy. Well, that but would now all that's... be the first day. <laughs> all the first day. From the 425, you are the chosen one. <laughs> <laughs> I am the chosen one. I was going to say, yes. that right there is your campaign. I have, I have been called by God to save this state from the wretched excess of Democrat politics. But I really love this job, too. You're listening to the very best of the Dory Monson Show. In these divisive times, can we take a few seconds and reflect on the things that bring us all together? And if Dave Niehaus doesn't bring us together, well, then there's something wrong with you. Someone once said, you don't grip a baseball. A baseball grips you. It fills our days and brightens our nights. Over the course of a season and the span of a lifetime. We share hope, drama, and joy. It brings us all closer together, nine innings at a time. It's the game we live. It's the game we love. Welcome back, baseball. Welcome back. 
<laughs> I don't know if there's a voice that makes me cry like Dave Niehaus's. And as you've seen, Nicole, when I do my live show, I tell the story. I was 17 years old. I I was the nobodyest of nobodies. And I, I called Dave Niehaus. I called the Mariner's office. And I left a message for him. And he invited me to come talk with him. And then he became one of my dearest friends. And Oh, gosh, I miss him. Every time I hear that voice right there. That made me get all like teary-eyed yeah. and chilly. Uh, so cute. I am teary-eyed right now. <laughs> He's the man. He And I've said this before. I say this in my live show. I'll say it now. Whenever they do the Mount Rushmore of Seattle, Northwest broadcasters, we could have an argument about who numbers two, three, and four should be. But there's no argument about number one. And that's it's Dave Niehaus, the greatest broadcaster that this region has ever had. I mean, I, there's just there's no question about that. And uh, and then I guess the real argument is who numbers two and three should be, because Niehaus won two and three. We could have a huge debate, and then number four. Well. <laughs> Modesty doesn't let me finish that line. Celebrating the life and career of Dory Monson. You're listening to the very best of the Dory Monson Show. to a celebration of the best moments in Dory Monson Show history. For more information on the life and career of our friend Dory, please visit MyNorthwest.com. Well, this could have been bad, but we got a survivor on the line. So I heard the story last night about two 12-year-old kids who were pulled down through a storm drain eight feet into a catch basin. Could have been horrible. Uh, and, man, we tried to track these kids down this morning, and one of our listeners came through about an hour ago. And uh, one of those 12-year-old boys, Elijah Baldovino, is on the line along with his mom, Christina. Hello to both of you. Thanks for coming on with me today. Hi. Thank you. Elijah, how you doing today? Good. Okay. So, Elijah, you got to walk me through this, man. So you and your buddy, what's your buddy's name that you're out with? Um. Devon. Okay. Was it a pond near your house that you were playing in? 
Um, yeah, it's something of a pond. You know the, the yeah, you know the like those things that gather water. Okay. The, like storms. Um, yeah, I my one of my other friends actually. Well, my fr- my friend got in first, and he like slipped. He got sucked down, and then my other friend accidentally like kind of bumped me, and I like my right foot went in and then I got like sucked from there. I was holding on to the entrance of the tube for okay. like 10 seconds until I couldn't hold on anymore and I just prayed and then let go and then I get sucked into there with my friend who's hanging on to the ladder and getting up. So I grab his leg and put myself on the ladder wrap myself around him put my hands on the ladder. Oh my good. Okay, so so let's back up just a little bit. So the entrance to the tube is that underwater or is it above water level? It's underwater. It's about like six, seven feet underwater. So did you? Because I I saw the, it's kind of almost a whirlpool effect that that sucked yeah. you down. Were you able to get a good breath before you got sucked underwater? Um. No, because I wasn't able to hold my breath for that long. That's why I let go. And then I got sucked into there, and then I got, like, a breath grab my, and grabbed my friend's leg. So, so you're holding on to the entrance of the tube. You're completely submerged, right? You're completely underwater. Yeah. Okay. And, and you have no idea what's at the other end of that tube, I assume. Did you? I, I don't. So, and it was only about eight feet, and then you got spit out in this catch basin. Yeah. That's all right? Okay. Uh, I, I, I was wondering this earlier, Elijah, because I remember being 12 years old. This is the kind of thing I could have easily done myself. And when you're 12 yeah. years old, you think that you are invincible, that you're immortal, that nothing bad's ever going to happen. Did you feel like, oh, this is going to work out? Or or did it flash through your mind that this could be really like awful? Like while it was happening? Yeah. Um, I, I actually thought I was going to die. What's that uh, like? When I was like underwater. At, at age Just 12, what is that like to have that feeling come into your, your mind? Um, I was very scared. Oh, very can... scared. Um, I prayed a lot in there. And my friend was, too. And, uh, like, when I was holding on to the entrance of that tube, I was literally, like, praying in my head. And the water was passing by me, like, pulling me, like, really hard because of the weight of the water and the current. So... Were you able to focus? Because I would be terrified. Were you able to focus your mind on prayer at that moment? Yeah, because on that moment, I, I didn't know if I was going to live or, like, die. So I was focusing on, like, praying, hoping it was going to be okay, like, and yeah, when I well, found the boys, they were both calling out to Jesus. <laughs> Is that right? So, so you're a family of, of great faith, it sounds like. Yeah, we are. Okay, and Christina, when you found out... Well, well, wait, before I get to you, Christina, so you and your buddy, you just started screaming at the top of your lungs because you were trapped in this catch basin. But as I saw it, there's a ladder, so you were able to climb up a couple of rungs so you weren't in the water anymore. Is that right, Elijah? I, my feet were, like, um, about, like, four inches above the water. 
And how cold was that water? That must have been frigid. I don't get um, cold very often. Okay, so okay. to me, it felt like it was maybe like 65 degrees. Okay. It didn't feel that cold to me. Okay, got it. And one of the officers who was called, uh, I saw the size of the lid on this catch basin. It's like a gigantic manhole cover. That guy must have had superhuman strength to to pull that off so you could get out. <laughs> yeah. Christina. It apartment manager. It wasn't a cop. Oh, okay. It was, oh, somebody else. Okay. Well, I'm glad you straightened me out on that. Okay, so Christina, how did you find out what had just happened to Elijah? Um, I was in there, uh, an apartment with my youngest daughter, and my middle daughter came running in pretty shaken up and said that the boys got themselves in a situation and need me to call 911 right now. So I grabbed my phone and ran towards the boys and started calling. Did, did you hear them yelling? So you knew you knew they were okay at no. that point? Oh, you couldn't? Well, once I got to them, I did, but you couldn't hear anything. It, it's about three minutes away from our apartment. Oh. Um, but so once what's... I got over to them, I was, you know, right next to them, but they were inside of it, and I, and I couldn't uh, do anything. It looked like concrete to me. I didn't see a manhole because I was standing lower. So, so what's going through your mind in those moments when you've heard something horrible's happened and you, and then you hear his voice, but in those moments where yeah. of uncertainty, first, what's going through your mind? Well, the way my daughter made it sound at first, I thought I was going to get down there and find two boys that maybe were already drowned um, or unreachable. And when I found them, I, I, I think I felt that there was a way out. We just needed to get somebody down there who knew how to, to open the things. But yeah. um talking to police officers and fire crews down there, um, what they told me on the other side, if, if the force had brought them past the thing that they went into and brought them on the other side of it, there was a grate down there that would have um, kept them underwater and held their bodies so that yeah. they wouldn't have been able to be released out the other side. So it's a miracle that they were able to be even sucked up into the thing where they could get into a ladder it, because the force of the water, I'm surprised that they've stopped there. That's the amazing. On the other side. Elijah, you guys side. sent me some pictures, or my producer Nicole some pictures. That's a that's a pretty good bruise you have on your leg there. Yeah, I was really upset about the shoes. <laughs> I did not like that. What kind of shoes were they, Elijah? They were um, white Crocs. <laughs> Crocs. Well, that th those are easily replaceable, aren't they? Yeah. Unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> well, Elijah, so uh, last thing for you, Elijah. Your mom said that you and your buddy were both calling out to Jesus. What were you saying when you were when you were yelling out and calling out to Jesus? We, we were like, Jesus, help us. And we were like, help now. <laughs> and, like, the thing was, like, when we got in there, the water act inside of there, like a whirlpool, it actually kind of slowed down. Like, and when we looked in there, before we even got sucked in, we looked inside through the bars, and there was, like, this big whoosh of, like, a, a whirlpool. My goodness. Well, you have quite a story. To, you know you know the problem, though, Elijah? When you try telling this story, when you go off to college and you tell it to your buddies in college, they're not going to believe you. They're going to think that you're exaggerating, because that's a pretty wild story that you that you have now. Yeah. 
<laughs> it's a great I story. I ain't going to college. <laughs> What's that? I ain't going to college. <laughs> what? what are you going to do? What, what do you want to do? I don't know. Trade school? I don't you know what? I love hearing time. that. We need more tradespeople. You can make so much money if you learn a great trade and, and you don't come away from that with 150000 in debt. I, I love hearing that, Elijah. That's a great goal to have. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> My mom told me to say that. <laughs> there you go. All right. Uh, Christina, I'm glad things turned out. Uh, it, what? What happened to you, Christina, when you got back to your apartment and got to soak in what had transpired? Oh, man, I just, we sat down and, and uh, thanked the Lord and gave him some praise. And then was on the phone quite a bit with family. And um, and then a lot of people wanted to talk to Elijah and me. And um, it's just been kind of a whirlwind. Yeah, I understand. From a whirlpool to a whirlwind. That's what you had. All right. Well, Elijah, I'm glad things are okay, and you sound like a tough kid. I ain't, though. You're not? Huh? What, no. what do you mean you're not a tough kid? you got to be tough to survive that. I'm scared crapless. <laughs> that's, that's not what tough is all about. We all get scared, but but coming through the other end of, of tough times, that's what makes you tough. You can be scared and tough. There's nothing wrong with that. Got got it? All right. Hey, nice talking to both of you. Christina, Elijah, thank you. And uh, thanks for coming on, Elijah. You're you're a great storyteller. Yeah, bye. (laughs) All right. Take care. Thank you both. Uh, Christina and Elijah Baldovino. That's quite, that is, he is a good storyteller, too. That's, I'm glad the story turned out the way it did. Thank you for joining us as we celebrate some of our favorite moments from the Dory Monson Show. Please enjoy this celebration of the life and career of Dory Monson. You're listening to the best of the Dory Monson Show. I didn't know what day it was when you walked into the room. I said hello. Unnoticed, you said goodbye too soon. I'm a little hurt. I have to admit, as I begin the fastest 15, little uh, feelings, feelings kind of bad. Nicole Thompson has inadvertently, she doesn't even know this, she's hurt my feelings today. Uh oh. What I do? Well, we we talk a lot. You can't just, uh, the show doesn't just come together willy-nilly. We don't just throw stuff against a wall and see what sticks. It's actually the the product of an awful lot of planning. And Nicole and I talk an awful lot. And we were talking, we were talking like 11 o'clock last night, right? Yeah, yeah, we were. We're around the clock. I'm sorry. It's a round-the-clock mission here. So then I go on Twitter and uh, that's where I find out that you're going salmon fishing this this weekend. I told you that. So this is going to come well, you back. Did not. Be, oh, you, I definitely you never did. told me this. It's just like I my mother. Could, I have this argument with her all the time. You hear what you want to hear. 
I, I could be guilty of that at times, but you never told me you were going salmon fishing this weekend. I, I at least said fishing, but... And, and where? Where are we going? Um, oh, gosh. I forget you... the name of the city, but it's up past Forks, I think, in that area. Uh, off the peninsula? Yes. And can I ask whose boat you're going out on? Uh, Brandy's or, or boyfriend's. Oh, I don't care. It's Brandy's boyfriend's parents. Okay. You absolutely have not told me this. Okay. So... Uh, now you have to see if you can beat my uh, biggest salmon catch up in Sitka last year. Oh, That'll I bet I'll have challenge. a hard time, but I, I will definitely make this try. into a competition. How many pounds? Okay. I'll have to ask Brock and Tom. I don't remember. 20? 16? It wasn't a monster. But for my first one ever, it was uh, it was it was thrilling. It was it okay. was great. So was, it's been uh, a while. Yeah, for me. I've been thinking a lot of. I, I that was my first one ever, as you know, up in Sitka, and it was. It's just what a what an experience just to be on the sea. Have I told you my my theory about why the ocean is so soul cleansing for for us humans? Have I ever talked to you about that? No, I don't think so. Okay, finally, a story you haven't heard before. I am a believer in God and in creation, and I, I have to, to, to really make this story sing and hum, you have to be a little bit of an evolutionist, which truly I'm not. But here's why I think humans have such a connection to the sea and why it is such a soul-cleansing place. And if, you, if you're at the ocean, if you're on a cliff on a bluff that overlooks the ocean, that it is, it's just, you feel alive. And, and the reason is the salinity of the ocean is almost identical to the salinity in the human body. And some believe that's because uh, you know, thousands and thousands, uh, tens of thousands of years ago, when the creature crawled out of the primordial ooze of the ocean and eventually developed legs and eventually became man that uh that's why we feel such connection and that's why the salinity of the human body is similar to that of the ocean because we come from the sea have i ever told you that theory before wow i don't think so it's pretty heavy it's pretty deep it it's is kind of stuff uh, that's that's an exclusive that's a dory monson show exclusive. okay Celebrating the life and career of Dory Monson. You're listening to the very best of the Dory Monson Show.